It's the next level. Hey, my name is Ross Marquand and I play Red Skull. You are listening to Panels to Pixels podcast. Check it out. I had him. I had him dead to rights. But you didn't want him dead to rights, Airstar. You wanted to make him suffer. Yes? So, let's make him suffer. I want to carve a vagina onto his head. I think that falls under the category of suffering. (laughs) A vagina! All due respect, my lord. But what is it that you want? Yeah. The great question of the universe. Panels to Pixels, Preacher Season 4, Episode 3. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. And Steve, we're talking about search and rescue. Yeah, so go ahead. No, I'm I'm just happy about (laughs) this episode. It's pretty cool. (laughs) It was good. I love this episode. Yeah, so just just to get this out of the way, get the whole boilerplate out of the way, this is a spoiler-full review of uh, Preacher Season 4, Episode 4, Search and Rescue. So if you haven't watched the episode yet, stop now and go back or (laughs) just listen. I don't care. (laughs) <laughs> honestly really i'll give you a, let's let's do a short synopsis and then get into our top five so i'm excited to talk about all the stuff that happened in in this episode preacher season four episode four search and rescue tulip and cassidy are trapped in masada they're trying to escape but they're separated from each other at the moment jesse and captain steve spend some quality time together and jesse experiences the limitations and the negative side of genesis Cassidy finds a unique way to escape from his cell. Tulip makes a new friend. The Saint and Eugene travel to Australia in a new way, and all of our characters are getting closer together, which I'm excited about because I hate this everybody being separate. Yeah, it's like all bottled episodes, but at least, or bottled scenes at that point. Yeah, it's like a soap opera when you're getting little snippets of everybody's story each each episode. Yeah. You Same know, thing with Eugene and was it the Killer of Saints? The Saint of Killers, yeah. yeah. And that their whole storyline so far has been basically completely separate from everybody else. I don't even really know at this point what their motivation is except for revenge. Is it just you know, the Saint of Killers wants to get revenge on Jesse because he sent him back to hell. And Eugene is basically kind of going along for the ride to try to stop the Saint of Killers. From, I don't know. Maybe I, he just th- wants their a big story, hug. <laughs> maybe. I just, their, their separate storyline, just it, it, it puzzles me. But I'm glad we finally got them and Jesse are now on the same continent. So we know it's at some point... They're going to come back together, and especially as Jesse keeps using 
his power, then the Saints going to be able to kind of zero in on him. But uh, I think we'll get into some of this when we get into our top fives. And we'll get into our top fives right now. Why don't you go ahead and start? Sure. Uh, That intro of the plane going down, but it was of God in charge of the control of the plane at that point when we see that sudden flash. But then we see Jesse with the real pilot, Steve. (laughs) Yeah, that was a, I, I didn't, I didn't, it didn't. It didn't look to me like, I mean, I know that God is in control of what's going on, but it didn't look to me like he was in control of the airplane. It looked to me like he was just in another seat there because, you know, the the oxygen masks were in front of him and he was just hooping and hollering and woohooing about being, you know, kind of on a roller coaster was what it, what it seemed like to me. And I think this is interesting because if, if him being on the plane is correct. That means basically we've now had at least two brushes where Jesse has gotten close to God and not even realized that he was there. Hmm. You know, and whether God was was on the plane or in the cockpit or whatever, but like he was in the house, you know, the last episode, the very end, we see him standing in the window of the house and as Jesse's pulling away and he doesn't see him, it's just, it's just interesting that, that there's, there's got to be some sort of underlining thing with the story here. The fact that, Je- that he keeps, he's keeping tabs on Jesse, but Jesse doesn't know it. Yeah. So, okay. Your number five was the, the plane crash. My number five is just that character's name, Steve. It seems like every show has a character named <laughs> Steve in it, which I appreciate. Don't get me wrong. Being a person named Steve, but it just, it just was, it was, it's interesting to me that it seems like everywhere, uh, every, just about every show I've been watching recently has somebody named Steve in it. And, uh, you know, in this episode, poor Captain Steve, he just gets put through the ringer. He basically gives uh, this confession to Jesse about how he's, he, you know, he had all these marriages, that he married for money, that he's a bad person, you know, and then he died and Jesse's power couldn't save him. And uh, I really like that, that scene. It's so, I think I keep saying this almost every podcast, it's so preacher that we have Jesse kind of delivering this kind of version of last rites as the body is floating away and the shark just (laughs) (laughs) comes up and chops the body. And Jesse just looks up and just like, uh, you know, you could just see that Jesse is just fed. Yeah. He was very angry at God at that point. He goes really, and goes onto a rant. (laughs) Yeah. And that would bring me to my number four, which to be honest, it was Cassidy taking care of Frankie. How he picked uh, picked the lock with the Archangel's feather. Mm-hmm. So we finally get to see what he did with that feather. It was great to see Cassidy back in play and taking care of business, as he usually does. Especially the humor of it all while using the walkie-talkies to talk to other agents. Plus the play on deceiving the female agent in the doorway just after he saw Tulip 
that kind of like little side thing going, ooh, and then he changes his whole conversation. Uh, the deception was amazing and awesome all in one. Yeah, that that was great. He's staring right at Tulip in the elevator, and Featherstone's got the gun to his head, and he's like, nope, I haven't seen her at all. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and Tulip is just looking straight into his eyes, and that'll. I, I actually had some of this uh, in my notes later is that I think you mentioned this in the last uh, podcast that you really wanted to see him uh you wanted to see cassidy take out frankie the way he said he was going to do which he said he was going to put the gun up his rear and blow his brains out just like uh, what happened in that story that he told frankie and sure enough that's exactly what he does oh yeah gruesome scene um brings us to my number four Uh, my number four is just the the introduction of this character of Jesus, or or, or I'm I'm guessing I, I guess we're supposed to interpret that this is the actual Jesus, the one who's been alive for whatever two thousand years. Is that, or is is he just an intelligent, uh, great? But no, he did say my son. Uh, so that would imply I don't know I'm I'm a little confused about where this character came from and why they are, are why they needed Jesse or needed these idiot clones when they have this guy but of course then you know he goes and he tries to get past Featherstone to go uh, get the prisoners released and she won't let him and he just kind of backs away from the confrontation and she puts that bloody handprint on his robe and he's walking around the rest of the episode with his bloody. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe he's just a very non-confrontational, non-violent guy. And so the, the grail can't control him. Yeah. They can't control him. Yeah. They can't control him. They can't use him. So they need a Jesus that they can control. But then it, it comes back to why are they keeping this guy around? Are they keeping him around because they can't kill him? Are they using his DNA to create the clones? But, you know, God is aware of Humperdoo because, remember, God, he asks about his son, he asks about his son and in the last episode, and then Hare Star says something like, oh, we got him sequestered until the summit or something like that. And God says, no, 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 I don't mean that one. I mean the one you call Humperdoo. And so he considers the Humperdoo clone his son as well so I, I i'm just i'm a little confused on this introduction of this character and the fact that he's now apparently going to leave with tulip and so maybe he has some sort of freedom but he it just it was a little confusing and kind of out of left field to suddenly see uh this guy with this intelligence and speed and i love tyson ritter's you know, all we've seen out of him this entire show is the, that, <laughs> you know, that Jesus. And now we get to see the actual, like, a guy that's talking and intelligent. And he realizes that Tulip is in trouble and he can see that she needs his help. And and then just the, there's this whole, it's, it's a whole confusion about how the Grail agents react to him because of the fact that Featherstone doesn't bow in the corridor she just walks right right past yeah. him you know there at the end so obviously he doesn't have the kind of control over all of them that he think thought he, he yeah did. he he, he yeah. was like oh i it, it didn't work it's like yeah i mean he did he was correct in that when he told tulip to to get on her knees that she was she was able to hide herself 
basically from Featherstone because of that, but still, and, and Featherstone didn't happen to notice this this blonde agent on the you know who's bowing before it just it that whole i'm i'm curious it's i'm just curious to find out what's what's going to go on with this with this guy does he have powers exactly can he be reincarnated if he you shoot him in the hand does it heal and things of that nature you know you know is he the two thousand year old jesus part of the trinity son of god you know, or is he another clone that just isn't? I don't know. That's not. That's just know. representation, and that he's just a forefront for God to be like, oh, okay, here's my son. He will speak, and then he speaks, yeah. and he's doing things within his own wisdom and doing good, mind you. He doesn't know what his own father is doing, <laughs> and then yet, you know, the the I thought with Humperdoo at one point that Humperdoo was. A clone of a descendant of Jesus. Yeah, and again, I'm still see. I was I'm unclear of that as well. I don't think they've given us a a. a, I so okay. This is how it is in my head. How I think it is, and I I could be wrong. I think Humperdoo is is not a clone. Humperdoo is an actual descendant, and his mental disability comes from the generations and generations of inbreeding that have that have gone on and that's that's why he's the the way he is why he has his mental disability and that this other guy is the actual Jesus that 2000 is is Humperdue's great 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 whatever grandfather exactly who's basically immortal but then that begs the question and maybe they just can't get him because why wouldn't they just have him that Jesus get another woman pregnant or maybe they can't like, like I, I guess I've, I'm answering my own question. Like I wrote in the, the notes <laughs> that I guess they can't control him. And so they need one that they can control and they probably can't kill him because yeah. so they just, they just keep him sequestered. They use him when they need, when they need to have this summit with hell but he's not the he's not the one they're going to put out in front of the world because they can't control him. I guess. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it, it's exactly what you're saying is that they can't control him, but he is the true Jesus that we know, and he yeah. is doing the things as he has always done. But after he had risen and did everything. He has been quiet, and he doesn't have the pow- the voice that that Jesse has. So right. he can't control the people the way he is. You would think he he was thinking probably, oh, with uh, my status, I could actually get these people to do what I could do for Tulip, and he wasn't able to do that. So yeah, but- <clears throat> interesting. It's just I'm I'm gonna be I'm I'm intrigued going forward to see how they use this character and what his ultimate fate is going to be in, in the show. Apparently robbing banks. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I, I, uh, I didn't get a chance to watch the whole pre. Oh, okay. So yeah. My, it was weird. DVR I was like, what, wait, wait, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. My DVR cut it off at the end and I didn't have a chance to go log into AMC premiere to, to try to look at the, the, the preview on uh, on that yeah i have so. to because it's really interesting to set a uh, set up okay. for the next episode so okay so that would bring me to my number three which yes. would be uh the feel no pain command from jesse 
to Steve the pilot, that was really interesting. It was sad and gnarly to see the end result and his hand being eaten off by a shark without him knowing because he couldn't feel the pain because that was Jesse's, you know, voice saying, hey, you're not going to feel any pain. Now Jesse put him in danger by doing that and thus ending him. Yeah, like I said at the, at the beginning, this is this is kind of um, where Jesse's seeing, you know, the the negative aspects of his of his power, and we haven't really seen that since. Well, now and the last time we saw it was when he had the guy when he cut his heart out, you know, to give it to his mother, and all the way back in season one. I don't think we've seen Jesse kind of misspeak here and not realize. I think. So it's it's interesting that we're seeing Jesse kind of maybe not controlling his power very well or doesn't not... well he doesn't have full control of what you know what he says it can't happen like he yelled live within the voice and it didn't work Well I think and I think that's because I think the the it's different I think the voice power that he has, like just to compare it to like Jessica Jones's Kilgrave, it's a different, I don't think his, um, I don't think the voice that he has can overcome the biological impact. Exactly. Like he wouldn't be able to tell somebody to keep your eyes open and never blink because the human body can't do that. Our muscles won't allow you know uh, there it wouldn't it wouldn't happen and so i think that's where i think that's where genesis falls short is that it can't um it can't heal a disease it can't you know he can't you know he can't tell him stop having cancer exactly he can't uh, overcome Uh, the physical being of the person of the natural order of things you know, he he couldn't he couldn't tell him like another possibility would have been he couldn't tell him grow another hand because he the man can't physically grow another exactly hand. so you know whereas if if he was if he was able to grow another hand he could have just told him that but that that's not so I I think that's where we're seeing the limitations of this of this power yeah the only thing that it did bodily effect was don't feel pain so that was the only part that worked. Right, well, that and the be positive, you know, stay positive, exactly. and then stop, and then stop being positive, and suddenly when he stops being positive, that's when he suddenly realizes that his his hand uh, is gone. No, it was when he stopped being positive when he realized that his legs were oh. his legs were burnt from the sun because yeah, right. he hadn't said anything because he was staying positive, and so Jesse realized, why didn't you say anything? Oh, I'm being positive, you know, <laughs> and. And so then Jesse tells him to not feel pain. And that's why when we have this case of him with his hand in the water. So, yeah, it, it's an interesting thing that, that we're seeing that Jesse, um, it's something that you would think Jesse would have known better, I guess, is, is what my thought is, is he should have known better. But I, I don't think he's tell- ever tested those waters before with this power, really, in some ways. Maybe. It just it just seems like he should have known better. Yeah. He, to not tell him to feel no pain. He could have, you know, I just, it just doesn't, yeah. So he's, he's discovering the, the limitations of this power and that. Um, my number three is I've already actually already mentioned it was Cassidy killing Frankie the the way that he told him to and you know I was really glad we didn't see the like the actual 
event, <laughs> but we did see the after effects. You can see the the rifle going up his his rear, and you can see the top of his head blown out. You know, and just that fact that that Cassidy kind of grabs him by the shoulders and kind of uh, basically it, it looked like to me. I don't know if he had tied something around the trigger or what, but he basically bounced the guy, and that's what made the gun. Uh, the gun go off to fire and just uh, just a gruesome, gruesome way to die. Poor Frankie Toscani. And what does Featherstone say? Something about sweep up the pieces of Frankie or something like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that bring me to my number two. Number two. Which be Cassidy gloving himself to get the Archangel so he can bite him. Which causes the Archangel to die. But doesn't turn the archangel it just kills him and then he's reincarnated again it was a getaway plan all along in some ways by cassidy i was wondering where cassidy was going with saying he was going to kill him but they were flying into the daylight it looked like to me or am i wrong yeah, I was the second time I watched this or the third time I watched this, I caught I didn't apparently I must have zoned out the first two times I watched it when he said I'm going to kill you because I didn't I didn't catch it until the third time uh, that Cassie looks at him and says I'm going to kill you. And you we realize that Cassie has figured out that remember, that's what the angels back in season one, they told him, remember that the, they had that whole fight in the motel where they had all those multiple bodies and, and angel bodies there because they, they just kept reincarnating. And uh, they and, and then, of course, you know, we see in season two when we see uh, Pharrell or, or whichever one it was that uh, he can't die until the saint of killers is the, is the one whose his weapon is able to actually kill him. And so it's interesting that that Cassidy never thought of this beforehand before this maybe it just didn't it didn't occur to him him. yeah yeah um but i did like and it it was another one of those things where i had to back it up and turn the closed captioning on was after he kills the angel and you see the flash of light the angel comes in uh, from outside the cell he looks at cassidy and he says you could have just untied me (laughs) (laughs) so so even the angel realizes that hey there was a better way there was a different way to do this to where you didn't have to kill me and i don't know if an angel can be turned you know that that would be an interesting question because it they we really didn't see the the process when he when cassidy turned his son or when um the people in season three were were turned unless the process just simply is you don't finish which do you think that's what it is in this universe the process is if a vampire bites you and they don't completely drain your blood, then you become a vampire? Yeah. I, I, it, or do you think there's something else to the process that we haven't seen? It, it, I think there's probably, some, I don't know, there's so much going on with vampirism and that mm-hmm. lore. It's like... With- well, like in Buffy, I've been rewatching Buffy the Vampire Slayer and, and, and Angel. You know, in that in that universe... You have to drink the, the blood. Yeah, the vampire has to bite you, and then you have to drink the vampire's blood from their from their body, and that's what. And then you die, and that's what turns. Yeah, when you're just them. at the cusp of death, and they offer the drink, and yeah, they right. do that with interview with the vampire, I believe, the same right. way with Anne Rice, and yeah, it's so weird. <clears throat> we just haven't. Yeah, we haven't seen that here. What the actual 
process is of turning someone into a vampire. I think similarly, I, I can't remember now. I just started rewatching what we do in the shadows. Um, and I can't remember because there's a character in there that gets turned. And I, I'll have to, I'm going to have to watch that episode again. Uh, but yeah, so I, I'm interested to know if, if that's what the, the process is. If it's just if the vampire doesn't drain you or if there has to be some sort of, you know, given return of, of blood or how that how that works it's it's uh, uh like i said we just haven't seen that even when we saw the flashback with cassidy all we saw was that lizard creature alligator vampire whatever it was you know come out of the swamp grab him and drag him into the swamp and then you see him crawl out yeah of the swamp so uh so yeah but i yeah so that would be an interesting question to ask you know can an angel be turned was is that even possible and uh so um, my number, this brings me to what? My number two? Correct. Yes. So my number two is just, is just Hoover two. Uh, this new character we've been introduced to that we don't even know what his real name is. We just know that her star calls him Hoover two. I'm going <laughs> to, this is Hoover two. I'm going to call him Hoover two. You know, I just, I laughed at that every time I heard it. Hoover two. Um, but yeah, um, and just his way of speaking is very clear. He's he's very succinct, and he's very kind of matter of fact. The way the way he speaks and the way they have him written and the way this this actor is is portraying him. So very different than the Hoover that we had uh, in the previous seasons. But just it's just a, it's, it's, I'm fascinated by this guy for some reason. I don't know why. I, I just I like his manner of speaking. I don't know if that's a choice. The I would love to know, and that would be a question if I ever saw the guy at a con. I would love to ask him if that was a choice he made as an actor, bringing to the character that kind of cadence of of speaking that the the uh, character has, or if that was something the directors writers kind of gave to him. Hey, this is how we want this guy to. It's, it's almost like a a very I want to say a very robotic, but it's it's not. It's a softer kind of way of of uh, delivering his lines. And I just really like that how how he's being played. Yeah, definitely. That would bring me to my number one. I believe that's correct. Yeah, well, that would be Jesse finally getting to Australia, as well as seeing how Eugene and the Killer of Saints, or is it the Saint Killer? Saints of Killers. Saints of the Saint Killers. Of Killers. There we go. And they get there. Now yeah. that is one strong bullet to get through the earth all the way to <laughs> Australia. And it, it it seems like, you know, what they used to say, if you keep digging through the earth, you can always get to the other side. <laughs> yeah. I always thought that that was kind of, it, it's kind of interesting to me that like the first thought I had when he shoots through the earth's core and I, I almost wanted to, to go find a globe, and I don't know, I don't have a globe in my house or anywhere. I almost wanted to find a globe and see if the Gulf of Mexico is directly above Australia. Like, how does that, do those two on the globe, does that, <laughs> does that work? Would that work? Is there some part of the Gulf of Mexico where you could stand and you could shoot a, a, a bullet and it would go straight through to Australia? My brain wants to say yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, without actually taking a globe and punching a hole through it, I, I wouldn't know. Uh, so, yeah, I thought that was my saying. <laughs> I loved the <laughs> the guy who's in Australia, the Australian guy who uh, looks at Saint of Killers and says, did you just crawl through the Earth's core? <laughs> Something <laughs> like that, you know, and Saint just shoots him. And then we see... Uh, 
you know, Eugene kind of pulled himself up. And this was my number one as well. This, uh, this, this method of transportation that I thought was really, cause you know, that's the whole thing that, that, uh, um, the, from the first time that Eugene said Australia, he's like, Oh, how are we going to get there? We can't drive there. We can't walk there. And so it was, it was an interesting way of fixing that. Uh, that situation uh, really definitely. Yeah. And he must learn to, if if it is not directly from Mexico down to Australia, he must learn to have curved a bullet in some way, yeah, like, like in Wanted. wanted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we got a couple of quotes here. Um, I, I I already mentioned one of mine was the angel saying you could have just untied me, but the other one that, that when uh, when Jesse tells Captain Steve to not feel any pain, he says that's so cool. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Uh, mine would be, God, I love that kid. And that's God refer- referring to Humperdew. <laughs> Funny when it it's really coming from out of God's mouth. Come on. <laughs> so oh, going back, I wanted to go back and I, 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 I don't think we finished the discussion on the angel flying out of the the chimney or the or whatever that was. I never understood why they had Cassidy in a cell with a with a skylight. That, Consistent I, I torture never, is my thought. Okay, okay. So then, because it did look like it was pretty bright when when he flew up. Yeah. So I was thinking maybe maybe it's close enough to sundown that he figures he can keep uh, Cassidy uh, protected with his wings, or you know maybe he had done that in the in the the cell itself. You know, whenever the sun was directly over it, he probably spread his wings out yeah. so that Cassidy wouldn't wouldn't burn. But yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah. So you had a couple more notes of things we haven't brought up yet? Oh, yeah. Well, our father's ear is not looking that great, and the top of his head Ew. is looking more and more like a vagina. <laughs> Ew. As soon as I heard that squilching sound... And it just uh, drops down to the I paper was like, and... Squ- I was like, uh. ew. You know, and then he picks it up, but I'm just like, dude, oh, ew. This, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just... That just makes me cringe. Well, uh, the other part we already tapped on it was bringing the real Jesus Christ. That's what I got out of that scene, though. That that was nice to see, plus him wanting to help Tulip, showing the true virtue of Jesus, very different from God in all respects. So he's different from his own father in, in some ways, especially from what I see in the coming attractions, which, you know, Steve, we'll have to go see. <laughs> and I'll, all of you, yeah. if you haven't... But, you know, what I saw, sign me up for that. I'm really interested in seeing this next episode. Yeah, it was interesting. It almost seemed like the impression I got the last time I watched it was when he when he says to Tulip, can I come or something like that. I, I almost got the impression that he's bored. He doesn't like being good, cooped yeah. up. Yeah, and, and, and held basically sequestered until there's a summit with hell, which is what it's – I think we already discussed that. But, um, yeah, I, I'm. it's interesting – like I said, I'm, just, I'm intrigued to see what they're going to do with this character. Yeah, definitely here. So, as a total for the whole show so far, I'm loving it. You know, this season kicked off really well, and the writers, the producers, the directors, everybody's doing a great job, in my opinion. I don't know about you, Steve, but I, I'm, I'm enjoying every episode so far. Yeah, I am. Aside from the whole, 
three weeks earlier or whatever, or three months earlier, whatever. I can't remember now what the time frame was that they put us under that I mentioned in the very first episode. Uh, I, I'm liking it. And, I, and, you know, I'm. it's interesting that they haven't revisited that whole three months earlier thing with Cassidy and Tulip in the in the hotel room, this seemingly a hotel room, Jesse falling out of a plane. And now we know that that's not this plane. So obviously there's going to be another plane ride in in our future or something. So I'm still I, I'm I'm holding out. I'm going to hold out my judgment for the series and the season until that plays out. Cause I, like I said in the very first episode, I've, they've got to They've got to play that out. Well for me, I am glad that we didn't get another kind of flashback episode. Yeah. You know, I was really glad that we didn't have to see that, you know, another, Oh, a scene from a different perspective or the same scene or whatever. I was glad they kind of got away from that because, um, I didn't think I mentioned it in the last episode, but you know, we kind of saw that when we, cause we had seen a POV of Frankie's, uh, conversation with Cassidy. And then we saw a different perspective of it in, in the next episode. So I'm kind of glad they've gotten away from that. And so I don't know what the next uh, episode is going to bring, but I'm, I'm like I said, I'm glad they kind of got, we kind of went away from this whole flashing back after we've already known. Like I, just, I go back to what fear did and this whole idea. And I didn't, it didn't occur to me here until after the fact that when Jesse was having that fight in the house, the last episode, we already knew that he was going to make it through that fight. Yeah, pretty much. And, and, but there was, a, but the way they played it and the way it went about, and we talked about the, the nice camera stuff that they did. I still had tension in that, in that episode, even though I knew he was going to make it out. Yeah. Well, they actually did so, very well with the writing and the actual filming of it. So I, yeah. yeah so I'm, I'm, I'm going to hold out my judgment for saying that I'm, that I'm loving the, the season as a whole until we get a little further down. I want to see, want to see how they're going to explain this whole Jesse falling out of something and landing in the desert. You know? Yeah. Uh, so we got a so, bit of comic yeah. talk. But a comic talk news. Uh, go ahead. Why don't you start? Because I'm befuddled by this whole thing. <laughs> Well, those of you that listen, uh, obviously you are aware of everything that's on in media. Now, after Spider-Man Far From Home broke its billion-dollar mark, they had a renegotiation deal with uh, with Sony for working control and everything else with Spider-Man. So Disney approached it, and they had a, a sit-down conversation, obviously. Originally, the deal was that with the two movies and everything that was going on in the MCU, they had 5% uh, as far as grossing of whatever came out with Spider-Man. So they renegotiated, and they wanted 50 But apparently, Sony said, well, we'll offer you 30 Well, Disney did not take that. With a lot of people out there that don't know, when I researched this a little bit, apparently Kevin Feige has been producing the Spider-Man movies. Like, you know, if you look at Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man Far From Home, he was a producer on those films. So he was pretty much in charge of what's going on and how that character was laid out and what was going on and involved in the writing. So they've been taking control and 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 taking control in the sense of adding Spider-Man into the MCU. 
So that's all interweaved, as we all know, as watching all the, you know, the, the MCU movies with, you know, with Avengers Infinity War, Avengers Endgame, uh, Spider-Man being introduced into uh, Civil War. So we've already had three major films with Spider-Man Air, and he was mentioned in a few others, too. If you remember with Ant-Man, it's like, oh, they got a guy who's shooting webs, <laughs> you know, and... Um, you know, that that one character was going his rant as we all love. And now they just you know, Sony was like, No, it's like that was it and they cut it. So now everything is in Sony's hands, but Tom Holland in the same respect he tweeted out stating he wanted to stay with the MCU, but that's kind of hard because his contract is dedicated to Sony, not Sony Marvel. Yeah, so this is where I get confused about this, the, the way this creative talent works and, and the way these contracts are, because I thought Kevin Feige was basically the, was like the continuity guru of the entire MCU. Like, wasn't he the guy he that was supposed to be making sure that everything fell into place and that they, they didn't get anything out of hand, you know, as far as continuity wise went and but it seems like I didn't realize he had such a major um, role in the Spider-Man. So if I'm to understand what you're saying correctly, so Sony basically owns the character Spider-Man and all his uh, villains, all the other characters related to Spider-Man. Okay, so and yeah, so but Disney doesn't, and so they've basically been, for lack of a better term, have been like what leasing the character. Correct. For use in these in these MCU movies, but I thought Homecoming and Far From Home were considered MCU movies. They are in some respect, in the sense that you know Marvel got them so themselves so involved with Sony's contract and their interweaving. Now with this separation makes it really hard because they've been pushing Spider-Man to take over the Iron Man mantle. And without that character for the MCU, they're not going to be able to do that. Yeah, that's what I don't understand. And that's the part of this whole thing. And now they have to now. write something out. And on top of that, with, along well, with okay. that, if this goes south for with them even further, Sony can't utilize anything regarding... MCU-based stuff, meaning that they can't refer to Iron Man. They can't re right. refer to any of the events that happened within the MCU that well, Spider-Man was involved you know, with. Going back to Far From Home, you know, it's it's possible that they've, they've created themselves an out with Far From Home. Possibly. With the, ending, with the ending of Far From Home being, hey, he's outed now. Everybody knows who he is. And we can't use him anymore. Maybe. I don't know. It, the whole thing makes my head spin. And, and like you and I were talking about before we started recording, it just it it bothers me that it would be like you and I talking about a something that costs like $20 <laughs> and arguing over this $20 thing. Exactly. You know, because this is what they are. They're 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 making billions, they're making a billion dollars, and they're arguing over hundreds of thousands. They're arguing over percentages that okay i didn't realize we're talking half that sony came back and said they wanted half or disney came back and said they wanted half yeah 
of everything. That might be a little bit much, but still, half of a billion dollars is $500 million. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a lot of money. So we're, you know, we're talking about, so I don't know. I just, I, I, I will be... I will be surprised if they don't work this out, you know, because unlike the Netflix uh, heroes, Spider-Man is a big deal. Oh, yeah. Uh, when it comes, and Spider-Man has, like you just mentioned, has had a huge role in these previous movies that weren't even his movies. So the fact, I mean, I, <laughs> I'll never forget <laughs> that, that watching Infinity War the first time that uh, when when Spider-Man turns the dust, there was a little kid in the row in front of me going, not Spider-Man. So yeah, that um, would be me. <laughs> you know, I, uh, um, okay, uh, the whole thing makes my head spin. Yeah. Uh, my, my recommendation would be if they can't come to an agreement, if Sony gets to that point, Disney Marvel has all this money. Just sell the character back yeah. and put it in the hands because they've already created that universe. And if Sony really wants to, then, you know, Disney could actually license it out to, I hate saying it, just to the cartoon versions of Into the Spider-Verse for Sony to do because they did very well with that. Because that was its own little movie unto itself, and I enjoyed it right. greatly. Okay, so that was a Sony movie. That Correct. wasn't a Disney movie. Yeah. Okay. Whereas all the rest of these ones have been Disney yes. movies, basically. So okay. literally, it's it's like so, you know, Sony and Marvel work together with the live yeah, action. Seems- and that's really where this all lays in, is the live action Spider-Man. That's why yeah, Sony was able to do Into to the Spider-Verse, which I loved. Yeah. Oh no, I liked it. I just, it just, I'm so, I'm over it. Let's move on. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> Got some podcast recommendations for y'all out there. I, uh, I, I am listening. I'm currently listening to and sending feedback, and I missed one week, but uh, to a podcast called The Warrant Is All, which is on Solo Talk Media. That is a podcast with the TV show Killjoys. So if you're enjoying the final season of Killjoys, check out The Warrant Is All. Then, of course, our own Next Level Online. Family pod, family of podcasts are this week we're talking about, which just takes different random topics and talks about them. Uh, what Lurks Beneath, Podcast Zero, The Melting Pat with our good friend Pat Johnson, who, thank you, Pat, by the way, for, for sharing. He shares out, you know, Pat is one of those people that shares out the posts about our new podcast coming out every week. Like, that's the, almost the first time I see a post about our new podcast and panels of pixels is when Pat has shared it out. So I appreciate that uh, Pat from the melting Pat. And then of course we have to go back lost revisited pod course podcast, the lost revisited podcast with Ben and Kristen. And we would be totally remiss if we did not mention our flagship, our, what would we call him? Our boss. Our boss. <laughs> our boss. Our boss's podcast, The Spotlight, with Ben Beck, where he interviews celebrities of all different types, from writers to actors to 
you name it, he's just about, I think he's just about interviewed them all, and he's got some really great ones lined up. Uh, the last one I'll recommend is what I've been listening to from Bald Move and Starburns Audio, which is called Pickle Me This. It's a Rick, Rick and Morty podcast. They are currently doing a rewatch of the first three seasons, and they're getting ready for season four when it drops sometime this fall. I think November is the current speculation. Yes. So yeah. If you like, if you like Rick and Morty, check out the Pickle Me This, a Rick and Morty podcast on Bald Move. Pickle Rick. <laughs> I'm Pickle Rick. I love it. That's that's got to be my favorite episode at the moment. Everybody is the, is, I loves I'm Pickle that. Rick. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> okay. So, well, <laughs> so with that, please give us a review and rating if possible on Apple Podcasts. You can hear us on Google Play as well as Spotify. You can submit your feedback uh, by going straight to our website. Thank you, Mark, for establishing us a website called Panels to Pixels. Pixels? Pixels? What am I saying? Panels to Pixels? Panels to, panels <laughs> to Pixels Podcast.com. Currently, that, uh, that uh, webpage will redirect you to our Facebook uh, page, which is the great, the best place that you can get in touch with us. I keep seeing, Mark, I keep seeing posts that we're getting a bunch of new views on our page on Panels to Pixels on Facebook, we're just not getting a lot of interaction. So come on, people, give us some interaction. Even if it's about just overall preacher, if it's if it's about Jessica Jones, if you don't like what we're doing, hey, I'll listen to it. Or send interesting ideas and thoughts of what you'd like us to podcast on. <laughs> I, yeah. I I see you guys love the pictures I throw up every once in a while. You know, it's pretty cool then you know that I get to see some people. So, and so that's that's the best way to get in touch with us is through our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash panels to pixels. And of course, you can always send us an email at panels to pixels one at gmail dot com. That's panels to pixels one. The T O is spelled out right there in the middle, and the number one at gmail dot com. And if you like what you hear here, you could actually hear me at another podcast. No, I'm not a traitor. I actually <laughs> am a co-host on The Walking Dead Talk Through with Brian Malosh on Talk Through Media. Yes, everyone, Brian, Kyle, Ruthie, and I have created a new podcast network. This show will stay on the Next Level Podcast Network, but there will be a link for Talk Through Media for others to listen as well that love that particular podcast. So listen to us on TalkThroughMedia.com, as well as pa Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we are currently working on a lot of things, so keep in touch he you know, here or go to the TalkThroughMedia.com website. So that way, you know, you just keep up to date with what's going on. There's a lot of things that I said before that we're going to go through and change here, as well as change on TalkThroughMedia.com. You can hear me right here, of course, and uh, the various other podcasts that I send feedback to. I send feedback to uh, Mark and Brian for their Fear the for Walking Dead talk through. I send feedback to the Walking Dead cast uh, for the Walking Dead episode that's aired this week, and then uh, the Lost podcast and a few others that I've started to pick up here and there. I want to remind everybody if you haven't watched The Boys on Amazon. 
Man, you got to check it out. Oh, yeah. Episode episode five of the boys uh, podcast on TV podcast industries just dropped the other day and I started listening to it. And uh, those guys are great that they give a, a really great analysis of the boys and can't wait for Mark and I to do a review of it. Yeah. And you, like I said, if you guys have an idea of a podcast that you want us to do, let us know. Uh, send us a shout out on uh, the panels to pixels dot com or podcast.com or website or which redirects you to Facebook. Make a comment. Um, it could just post anything you want or make a comment under anything that we post. We will be posting a live thread or just overall comment thread on this Sunday's episode of Preacher. So that will be coming out. Uh, we normally record on Thursday nights. So if you do, we'll read them out loud. We'll read them for you and give our thoughts as well on what you've written. So that would be awesome if you, you know, we love participation. And as you could tell, if you listen to other podcasts, Steve does that too. And he will recommend that you send out voicemail just like he does. Yep. We like to hear your voices. So we don't want to hear our, more of our voices. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, hey, listen back to our That's own right. podcast. It's only us. <laughs> So with that, thanks everybody for listening. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. And this was Panels to Pixels, everybody. Good night. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>